0: Hi, welcome back to People of Purpose. I'm your host, Tanner Badgley, and this week, we will be wrapping up our conversation on co-creating cultures of connection and flow with purpose-driven entrepreneurs and social innovators. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage checking that out. Some of the things we covered are what purpose means to her and what she believes her purpose is, Caroline talks about her interest in culture and what she considers to be her culture, she also gives an overview of what dance therapy is and how it works. Caroline shares how how and what pressed her to shift from teaching dance therapy into being a coach. And lastly, she gives us a glimpse on her journey of building a women's empowerment initiative in Qatar. And in this episode, we will be covering what it is about organizing events and conferences that she feels so much connection and flow with purpose-driven individuals, how she changed through the different periods of her life, the direction she is heading through and what her next step will be, and what it is about coaching and culture that captures her sense of purpose and stamps her mini-legacy, and last but not least, her wise words on communication. Well, let's dive in. Here's to becoming people of purpose. And what is it about organizing these conferences that felt like you were creating connection and flow with purpose-driven type of individuals and and how are you kind of creating your own culture within within these how women work conferences
1: um so what was really really important to me was that there had to be a certain energy at the conferences you know there had to be a certain atmosphere and energy level that had to be there throughout the conferences and the events And um, so everything was around that. It was always about how do we keep that buzz? You know, how do we keep the buzz going? And I think this is where a lot of events lose out. No, they don't keep the buzz going. So you come in and you get sat down on a chair and then you listen for eight hours to people just talking at you. And it doesn't matter how interesting it is, what they're saying. You just cannot take it in. The human brain is just not designed for that, you know, to just sitting and listening for eight hours. So you, it just uh, it tires people, and you get this atmosphere of kind of, uh, you know, people are exhausted and they want to listen, but they can't really listen anymore, and you know, mm-hmm. it's it's just not engaging for people to do that. And so having events where there's very short times where people have to listen, you know, 20 minutes max, where people have to just sit and listen. And then there's always something happening. There's always something that engages them, you know. So we even had laughter yoga, for example, at one of the conferences, you know, I had like 150 women who were there at that moment. And um, some in their abayas, you know, and they're like full black abayas with the headscarf and everything. And the others in their business clothes and, you know, high heel shoes laughing their heads off because they, this was just so funny. This whole laughter yoga, you know, all of <laughs> us yeah, had like tears streaming down our faces from laughing. You know? And these kind of things, you know, they just like, m- like elevate the energy in the room so much That you're just, you know, everyone is buzzing again. And, you know, then they can sit and listen to something for like half an hour because they were like really feeling buzzy. And, you know, so, so you have to keep that energy up. And that was like my big mission was always to keep the energy up and to keep people connecting so that they could really like meet as many people as possible, but not on a level where they're like, oh, where are you from? How long have you been here? What do you do? You know, these kind of typical networking questions. No, they would discuss things like, what is my dream? Or what is my biggest fear right now? Or what am I really struggling with right now? So Mm -hmm. they would really like, you know, get to know each other at a a deeper level.
0: And how did you change throughout this period of your life? How was your dream changing? Like, yeah, tell me about that.
1: Well, I felt it really empowered me because, you know, it, it was like, wow, I can actually do this. You know, this is amazing. I can bring like hundreds of people together and I can like provide like a great program for them. And I can convince companies to give me like $50,000 a year to, you know, sponsor these events. And, you know, all of these things, it was just like, wow, you know, I felt like, I never felt that kind of power before, like not power over people, you know, but just like this ability to make stuff happen. It was just amazing, mm-hmm. you know, to just feel that, wow, I can just do this, you know? It's like possible. I can walk into a company and say, hey, how do you, do you fancy sponsoring this? We need $50,000. And they'll just go, sure, why not? You know, <laughs> It's like, wow, this is actually happening, you know? It was like crazy things that I, couldn't have imagined before, you know. I like, couldn't have imagined that you can do this, that you can actually get that kind of money, for example, you know, as sponsorship, or that you can just bring three hundred people together, and you know, and and stand on stage and just create that buzz in the room, and you know, all of these things. Just like wow, it, it was just feeling like really amazing. And I remember, like one time, we were. Um, I I had like um, someone who was helping me and we we pitched for investment. And I came out of that pitch and that was the first time. I think it was like four years in or something, but that was the first time where I thought, yeah, I'm really a businesswoman. I really get this shit now, you know? (laughs) Because I had like a really like proper professional discussion with an investor about, you know what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and how this could give him a return on investment and, you know, all these things. And I felt like, yeah, I can do this. You know, I can like talk about business, like proper, like a proper business. Woman, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you have some idea like before that, that you weren't really, you weren't totally a, a right fit for this business space, even though you were doing business things before?
1: Well, you know how it is. I think, we, I think most entrepreneurs, when they start, have a bit of imposter syndrome, you know. So you mm. often think like, ha, if only they knew, you know, if only they knew like, what's really going on. <laughs> and so, you know, it was really fascinating for me to see because um, I realized after a while that most people assumed that I had this big company No, I had this big company that was running these conferences and these events and everything. And in fact, it was me and my assistant. We were the only people who were always there. And then we had changing teams, you know, of project managers and volunteers and people who would help with certain aspects of it. But and all of it was run out of my home you know it was like i didn't even have a proper office i was running this out of my home you know and so it was fascinating to see what people assumed about this you know they made this assumption that because everything looked very professional it must be like a big company that is behind all of this you
0: know mhm that's beautiful how many years were you doing that
1: um i did it for a total of 7 years wow yeah
0: (laughs) that sounds so rewarding
1: oh it was it was amazing
0: (laughs) what what was it that was going through your head around like the end of your seven years there that that kind of um sparked the next change in your life like how how did your purpose show up in a way that kind of had you uh make a change away from that because this sounds like such a peak experience that was ongoing why walk away from that
1: well, there's a lot of reasons, um, but you know, it was mo- mainly personal things that I just couldn't. I uh, felt like I couldn't stay in the country any longer. I just had to leave, um, and one of the one of the uh, main reasons was that physically, it's very demanding to live in a desert country. You know, it's like fifty five degrees there in the summer, um, so you Celsius. basically, yeah. 55 celsius yeah so you basically cannot go outside in in the summer months at all Mm -hmm. you know you have even at night it's still way too hot you know hotter than it is in most countries in the summer it's still hot you know so um there are three months of the year where basically you live in air conditioning all the time right and I'm like a very outdoorsy person, you know, I just love to be outdoors, I go for a walk every day, I love to go for a swim in the sea, you know, i like, like, I like to have everything open, so that I'm just, you know, always surrounded by fresh air. And this is killing me. You now, the fact that I had to stay indoors all this time, it was really killing me. Oh, and that was like a big, big factor um and being so far away from my family and then my daughter by that time had moved to the states so you know at least in europe i was closer to her and the time difference wasn't quite as big and you know so there were a lot of factors that kind of came in to make me move um to europe to help me um yeah be more connected with my family and also it's just time for a change you know every, every good thing comes to an end at some point. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So what, what did you do next? And how, how is that thread of purpose still showing up there when you moved to the little island in the Mediterranean? (laughs)
1: Um, So when I arrived here, I actually, I was fairly burnt out, you know, um, because of these, all these things that had happened in my life and, So I needed to just rest a bit. So it was really more connecting to myself, you know, and finding my own flow again. That was like priority at that time. So I just took like a part-time job for three days a week. Um, And uh, I was coordinating trainings and coaching sessions for companies. And, you know, I just mainly took time to just recover from what I was doing before. And then I started building up an online presence so that I could, again, work with you know, more purpose-driven entrepreneurs and stuff. So I was starting to work on um, ghostwriting and uh, coaching mm-hmm. uh, with purpose-driven entrepreneurs, uh, ghostwriting books for entrepreneurs. And um, yeah, it, it gave me more independence again. No, so that allowed me to travel again, and that allowed me to engage in different projects again. So I was invited um, for a project in Oman where I was working for one winter. Then I was invited to um, do a project in Cambodia for one winter. So I was working there with like social entrepreneurs who who were struggling a bit, and I like and brought them together so that they could do that kind of peer support group. And so I started like a mastermind with them that they could then continue on their own when I left. And I gave them some workshops and one-to-one coaching sessions and stuff while I was there. And, you know, having that online work just enabled me to do these kind of things because um, I had the freedom to move and I had the money to, you know, just travel when I felt like it. And And so that's been, yeah. and I've and a few also a few projects here in Malta but there's not that much here that it's kind of really up my street you know
0: right (laughs) very cool very cool and how long have you been here in in this island
1: um I've been here now for four years um I'm I'm now starting to think about moving on um I am very very grateful to this island for the opportunity as it has given me to really recover and regenerate um it's been very very good to me Mm -hmm. and there's a beautiful community on this island so we have like a community garden and there's like lots of community meetups and there's ecstatic dance on the beach or in a cave every two weeks and you know like beautiful stuff right so it's like heaven for that kind of thing you know um but there's really not much you can do here work-wise career-wise so um and and i'm getting a bit tired of working remotely so much you know so i'm, right. I'm hoping to find a way to work more with people in person again
0: <laughs> right and it seems like i mean where where is the direction of your work heading do you think like what's the direction you want to take in your next big thing
1: Um, well, I'm definitely, I definitely want to stay with a lot of the things that I'm already doing. I'm just trying to figure out like, what is the best way to really find a way to work with people directly, Mm -hmm. you know, because now also we have COVID, you know, which makes it a bit more difficult at the moment to work with people (laughs) directly. Um, but I trust that that will pass at some point. Um, and I'm I'm thinking, like, what can I, you know, how can I best make an impact? How can I best, like, share my gifts out there? And I'm just, I've come to the point in my life, you know, where a lot of the time I just trust, like, I just trust the flow of life to, like, show me. So I'm just, like, making my intention very clear, you know, this is what I want. This is how I want to show up in the world. And then I'll, like, see what comes towards me and Mm -hmm. it's amazing really it's amazing how this works like as soon as I'm very clear in my intention it shows something shows up always you know so I know that my work my work is the inner work my work is like making it very very clear what I want for myself you know And, and being very clear in my intention and once I clarify my intention things always show up so I'm just looking forward to the next thing that will show up for me.
0: <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, I think you said that your, uh, your next thing would be around coaching and, and culture. What What is it about coaching and culture that you think uh, is kind of the hybrid place that, that the market really needs right now that really kind of captures your sense of purpose and stamps your, your little mini legacy kind of on, on how things are created in the world.
1: Well, because I think, um, you know, coaching is very much focused on individuals. So I can work with individuals when I'm coaching um, and that's good. And at the same time, when I work with culture, I can expand that a bit more, you know. So Mm -hmm. then I'm working with a whole company, not just with one person in the company or two people in the company. I'm working with the whole company. And. Mm When we shape culture together, then we really think about how do we want to be with each other, how do we want to talk to each other, how open do we want to be, how important is integrity for us? You know, all of these things are really like really vital things, I think. And for me, it's like the way that most companies work nowadays, um, the older companies, you know, the long-standing companies, it's just not healthy or sustainable at all um it's really you know people are having there's so much internal politics and people backstabbing each other and you know all of these kind of things that are going on like internal competition and things like that and i'm really happy to see the trend emerging in the younger companies and the newer companies that they want to work in a completely different way you know they really want to work In a much more collaborative way and everyone wants to kind of show up with their whole self at work and you know like these things are really taking more and more over now you know and so this is where i see myself being able to be of use you know because i've run companies like that i've worked with companies like that i can help people to understand what works and what doesn't work, you know, and, and help them to identify what are the things that you really have to look out for. Like just a simple example. Most startups are founded by people who are friends or who know each other well, you know, and they Mm -hmm. don't think about communication at all because they're like, no, we're all friends. We get along really well. And if we disagree on something, it's no problem. We can sort it out, you know? And most startups actually after a year or one and a half years, so many of them fail because the communication doesn't work because they cannot agree on things, you know, and they cannot like figure out how to resolve conflict and things like that after a while anymore. And so this is like one thing, for example, that, you know, where if you have that experience, you can help people figure these things out at an early stage and avoid that, then they don't have to go through, you know, the hell <laughs> that's had to go through to experience that by themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm one of these cases. I'm entering my sixth month of startup with my brother and one of my best friends from my travels in Thailand. He was living in Bali and, and moved to Kansas City to do this real estate business with us. What advice do you have to people like us around communication?
1: I think it's really important to um, establish certain things around communication. Like, um, where do you put certain kinds of information? So, there should be different channels for different information. Mm-hmm. You have channels like, I don't know, WhatsApp or Telegram or whatever you prefer, for things like. Hey, are we meeting now or later or what do you want to, oh, sorry, I'll be 10 minutes late or whatever, you know, things that are not important for the long-term that are just important right now. And then you need to have like other channels where you have information that is, needs to be referenced at some point. And the more organized that is, and the more searchable that is, the better because you're always going to have to come back to that information and most startups don't organize it in a way where they can actually find it again um so that's like one thing about communication um you know because when you're small when there's only three of you you'd kind of throw information around all the time and you kind of know you keep it in your head where things are you know but like Imagine something, God forbid, something happened to one of you and someone else had to step in. They would have no chance of finding anything, you know. In most startups, they would have absolutely no chance of finding Mm -hmm. anything, you know. So that's like one thing. Another thing is conflict resolution. You really, really need to have some systems around conflict resolution. Like what do you do when conflict happens? How do you resolve conflicts? What tools, what methodologies do you use to resolve conflicts, you know? So there's lots of tools out there. It's not hard to find them. It's just a matter of like practicing them, agreeing on them and practicing them. And and because like a teacher of mine, she always called it like weaving your parachute. You know, she said, you have to weave your parachute when you're on the ground, not when you're about to jump out of the play, you know? So (laughs) to translate that, you know, you have to practice these methodologies and these techniques when you're all good. Because then when the crisis comes, you know how to do it. You now you you can't like start using a new tool when you're in crisis. so now it's really, really important to become aware of these things like nonviolent communication, the four agreements, things like that, you know, to just become aware of these things that are already there and that are very well documented. It's not hard to find out about them and to start applying these things
0: mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. No, we went through this this big phase the last six or seven weeks where we had the three of us, and then we've hired seven virtual assistants. Wow! Uh, from the <laughs> like seven full time virtual assistants from the Philippines, and it's been crazy to like, yeah, we've been restructuring everything to make conversation more more clear and, and organized, and then. We have like, we're creating SOPs, so standard operating procedures for how we're doing every process. And we've broken it down yeah. by departments and we're housing that in a site called Notion. Um, yeah, we're using a project management that. workspace for like uh-huh. on ClickUp um, to, to organize like our projects and have more of a collaborative space. And then we're using Slack channels as well. To like yeah. drop in the documents and organize things, and it's been it's been really interesting to see how the two of them adapt to that because I'm most I'm coming from the whole like teacher background and like being mindful of all these things because I have this podcast uh-huh. and all this and um, seeing how they adapt to it really easily and some of the resistances they have to want to do things in the old way is is really fascinating to me um, that I can tell that like one of them really wants to run so fast and and make profit happen and get things done and uh, i'm like always like we need a stable foundation a good infrastructure for all this to work within it's not just about you making a lot of stuff happen it's about how can the whole team be working together and it's really interesting to see all these these changes that come about just when you're trying to put in place communication infrastructure um, is just one example
1: yeah there's so much and and then when you have people like virtual assistants who maybe. Represent the company, you know. Then yeah. there's a whole thing about um teaching them the kind of tone of voice that you want them to use, and the kind of attitude and everything, you know, so that they represent you fairly to other people. Yeah. It's like a whole thing of its own, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, like now, like coaching and training and management is a big emphasis for us. Yeah. Um, so it's like getting getting this stuff out of their head that they've intuitively gotten good at or whatever and training these assistants to actually be assistants, not just people we pay to watch, you know, a founder succeed or whatever. We're, the founder's knowledge needs to get passed down. So it's really fascinating. Um, what are the, I, I've heard about the four agreements so many different times. I never dove into it. Like, what is it about the four agreements that makes you mention it as like a good conflict resolution um, thing?
1: Um, well, I think one of them, for example, is that uh, you shouldn't take anything personally. Now that for me is like one principle that is like so important because I've seen so many people take things personally all the time, you know, and it really doesn't help if you take everything personally and especially you make assumptions about what things mean and then take your assumption personally you know so you're not even checking in most cases with the other person that that's really what they meant you just jump to some kind of conclusion and feel offended by it and that accounts for so much of our misunderstandings as people you know and you end up with this situation of oh i thought that you thought that i thought kind of thing you know and uh, <laughs> at some point hopefully you discover that you were completely wrong but maybe you never discover it you know and you're just like angry at another person for absolutely no reason and um, just because you made some certain assumptions you know so if you go with this principle with one of the four agreements which is um don't take things personally then You take a step back, you know, you take a step back and say, okay, what if this wasn't about me? Like, how would I see it then? And you know how it is when like a friend tells you something, it's so much easier to see different perspectives and possible solutions for their story than it is for your own, because you have distance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can see that maybe it was a completely different, maybe that, that their perception is not the only way to look at it. You know, maybe there are other ways that this could be looked at. When it's your own story, it's much harder to do that. But when you, uh, you know, and when you adhere to this principle of not taking things personally, it allows you to take that step back and have that kind of perspective, you know, where you look at things and, you know, and then another one is that your word should always be impeccable, which obviously, you know, is, is a high standard to set. It's a bit idealistic and you can't always keep your word impeccable completely. But... You can aspire to it, at least. No, you can aspire to communicating in a way that nobody can, like, you don't speak from being triggered, you know, you don't speak from frustration or anger, you try to put that aside and then think, okay, what do I really want to say? Or what do I really want to find out? How can I get to the bottom of this, you know, and you keep Mm -hmm. your word impeccable rather than just having a go at another person,
0: you know? yeah exactly beautiful well um you mentioned like your deepest intention was to show people that it's possible to live a life of purpose even when life throws you some major curveballs along the way and even when you figured out your purpose you still go through ups and downs it doesn't mean it's automatically plain sailing for the rest of your life yep (laughs) you want to speak you want to speak more on uh on what went into writing that
1: (laughs) well as i said you know um For example, like when I got pregnant at 21, I like, you know, there are times in your life, there have been a lot of times in my life. I mean, I'm 44 now, so I've lived a while, you know, and there are have been a lot of times in my life when I could have just resigned myself to something and I could have just said, oh, well, what can I do? You know, this is just how it is. I'm I'm just a victim of the circumstances, you know. Um, But I really want to encourage people not to do that. I really want to encourage people to like, go like, no, you know, like, especially in the Western world. I mean, if someone's fighting for survival, good, fine, that's a different story, you know, but like most of us here in the Western world, we're not fighting for survival. You know, we have a lot of choice. And if you're in that, in that position where you have a lot of choice, you know, then you can use that choice to really live a meaningful life and rather than just taking the easy way out and just being miserable you know which just doesn't really make sense you know (laughs) just because it's more convenient or more like easier at the time to make those choices it leads to long term really this you know life that that is quite depressing and where people are so you know how many people are just so unhappy with their lives. And it's just, well, these are, it's your life is an accumulation of choices that you made. Your life today is the consequence of all the choices that you made throughout your life. That's all it is, you know? And so if your life is not what you want it to be, it's because of the choices that you made, mainly. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I really, really want to encourage people to just see that there's always an option. There's always a choice and they can always make a different choice. If they're not happy with their situation, they can always make a different choice.
0: Beautiful. I love that. Uh, my last big question for you is like, um, how has following your purpose brought people with similar purposes together to connect? And then that created something more incredible than anything you have could have accomplished on your own.
1: Oh, wow. So many times. I mean, you should see like every every conference, every How Women Work conference, we printed a magazine for the conference specifically. And at the beginning of the magazine, there was a page of gratitude, you know, actually two pages. And, and it's like an A4 magazine, you know, so there's quite a lot of text on one page. And I could hardly fit all the acknowledgments, all the gratitude that I wanted to express onto these two pages, because there were always so many people helping to make all these things happen, you know, in so many big and small ways, you know, people would support me. And what most people find surprising, even a lot of the local men in Qatar were helping me to make this happen, because they saw how important it was, you know, to really empower the women. So that was one Time where I really saw that—that that when you go ahead and you do something that's uh, you know meaningful and important, that people will come to you and help you. So I had a lot, a lot of help doing that. Um, and now, of course, with GaiaNet, it's another place where you know so many like purpose-driven people are coming together. Um, then here, the community here on the island, um, a lot of amazing people coming together and doing amazing things and so it's really everywhere once you really drop into your purpose uh, it's it's just everywhere you know (laughs) you you become like a magnet you know (laughs) for for all these like purpose-driven people and you just move around the world and they just come to you wherever you go you just like attract people like that you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's so uh that's so quotable i love that become like a magnet Cool, yeah. And Alexander has been really good to work with. I, he's one of the people that basically started up the the guy net. And um, you and I are both. Uh, I've, I'm a recent member to the uh, his win mastermind. And yeah, um, we're actually as we as we're talking, we uh, Alexander and I have been emailing about um, an arrangement for sponsorship, where he his mastermind becomes a sponsor of People of Purpose podcast. So. Uh, it's really, really cool to see how, how these things shape themselves. Like I was saying, um, about nine months ago, I wanted to create a purpose-driven entrepreneur mastermind and Alexander already has created it. And he wants to like, give me the chance to be in his and to like bring in listeners into that as well. It's, it's just really cool to see how, like you said, once you drop in your purpose, it's everywhere and you become like a magnet for these people, regardless of where you are. Um. So yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I absolutely love it. Well, it's been a pleasure getting to talk to you today and seeing your your happiness. And uh, I just I really admire how adventurous you are and how you really dive into these different ventures where you get to capture your purpose and learn about it in different ways. And you you seem to always kind of rise to some level of leadership and influence over organizations um and in your individual like coaching uh and i'm sure that you've made a lot of uh deep uh positive transformation in a lot of people's lives through living in your purpose so i really appreciate learning about how to do that and i hope that um i i and anyone listening can can be better about that um, because we've learned from you
1: thank you so much thank you for for letting me be here today and, yeah, I mean, if, if people want to connect with me directly, they're really welcome to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe there's something I can help them with for their personal uh, development or their culture and their company. I'm, I'm really happy to be available for that.
0: Cool. How can, uh, how can we connect with you personally?
1: Well, I have um, the, the easiest way is to go through my website, which is at the impactcollective.eu. Mm -hmm. um or you can go you can write me an email at carolyn at the impact cool
0: yeah we'll make sure to put that in the show notes i know i know you gave that to me already in the in the document so i appreciate that well very cool um and then same with us we're available to help um if you're a listener right now we're definitely available to help you um you know figure out if carolyn's a good match for you or you know, or if maybe a different past guest would be or whatever, like I, I also want to offer up the chance to be emailed and it's at Tanner at people of purpose, uh, dot rocks, And I can help you understand if you're having a culture problem, I want to you know, shift you to Carolyn for sure. Um, that'd be great. And then also we have a, we have a podcast that's, you know, it's been going for three years now. The birthday of the podcast wow. is next week. Um, amazing so it's really fun to have a, a small team of us that are putting out this podcast and i just feel so blessed to get to get do this uh guest outreach and preparation and then do the interview and then the rest gets kind of taken care of in the background it's really beautiful to to be in in this position and yeah, yeah i encourage you if you're listening to really dive into your sense of purpose the way carolyn has
1: thank you tanner thank you <laughs>
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for, uh, for showing up today with such a lively energy and, uh, really bringing a lot of, uh, wisdom and examples of, I mean, how purpose can be, um, captured in life. It's so different than, you know, the last guest, the last guest, the last guest, like talking about the laughter yoga circle and how you're putting together like magazines for women's conferences and you're moving to an Island in the Mediterranean. It's like, traveling alone like i've really enjoyed a lot of these stories that you've told today so keep living the adventurous lifestyle
1: definitely definitely it's like there's no choice about that really that's just who i am you know
0: (laughs) very cool thank you so much for being on the show today carolyn
1: thank you thanks for giving me the opportunity and yeah thanks for the work that you're doing with people of purpose i'm i'm really enjoying listening to the other interviews so Keep it up. It's really cool. great work. Thank
0: you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. If you have any friends that might have enjoyed this episode or the podcast, bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, join our intentional group Purpose Seekers from the Facebook page. Join in longer form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sails and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming.